Hey, U.S. Open Reaction Pod. Golf guys, Brett Gunning and Sam McKee here. Sammy, bud, with another major in the books. Our season's almost over. We only have one left. I won't be sad now. We'll save that for after the Open Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, U.S. Open, kudos to Wyndham Clark. I'm gutted for my guy, Rory. Where mm-hmm. do you want to start? Gunner, unfortunately for you, the story of this is Rory McIlroy not winning and not Wyndham Clark winning, I think. I think Wyndham Clark played a fine weekend of golf. I thought he was his performance was impressive all the way through. Um, particularly yesterday, I thought he really stuck with it. thought there were some times where he could have let it get off the rails, but he made a couple big putts, and including that leg putt on 18 that just made it look so easy, which is not. Like, look how many people around the green. Did they not know it could have gone to a playoff? And he hits it to an inch and puts it in. But I think the story, once again, is Rory McIlroy in the final final round of a major, tied or within a couple strokes of the lead, not going out and taking it. Like, this was just so, so similar to St. Andrews, Gunner. That's the thought that just kept going through my mind when I watched him narrowly miss all these birdie putts. And they're not far off, mm-hmm. as you know. It's given guys like you all this hope when it's trundling towards a hole and it just runs at a pace and breaks right, just goes by. I, I don't know. One of these tournaments, you think they may start to fall, but I really don't know if they're going to. It's been a, been a tough few hours for the Rory fandom after that final round. Boy, has it. You'd love to see one drop. And I still am of the belief that one day one of them is going to drop. And that's that's literally all it will take is one. And I mean, you could look at that two ways. He literally just needed one putt to drop and he's in a playoff. And who knows what happens there, of course. But it's also you need one to go early in a Mm -hmm. final round for you. He had a great look on. I think it was two uh, really, really long putt just misses, like you said, kissing the edge i don't i would love to see this stat uh justin ray if you're listening you are not but if you are here's how here's how you can prove how good you are how many times did rory mcelroy kiss the cup and was it more than the rest of the field combined this weekend because he like you said he was right right there but guess what that well they do cut checks for second place they don't give you a trophy for it okay you have to find a way and i do believe and you know correct me if i'm wrong on this maybe you feel differently rory is such a feels guy a mojo guy a vibes guy we've seen it a million times where he blocks the first tee shot of a major out of bounds and he's done there's never any coming back from that but conversely when he gets out and running and he's sprinting ahead of the field it feels like he's kind of impossible to catch at times and if that one drops on two who knows but guess what it didn't and it is so frustrating the thing i will say is And I go to a lot of looking at him after the round for how I feel he's going to kind of bounce back from this or how Mm -hmm. it's going to affect him. He doesn't seem like a broken man. He feels like a guy who is like, I'm getting a ton of chances. I'm getting a ton of looks. And one day it will fall one day soon. And I think that the fact that it's not breaking him because it has in the past, you've seen him look super dejected after close calls at majors. To me, that makes it or it makes me believe that it does bode well. But man, incredibly, incredibly frustrating. And I know to your point, like I'm going to sit here and say he's right there. He shot the exact same score in the final three rounds is the guy who won but to your point he's not Wyndham Clark he's supposed to be a transcendent superstar and you're just waiting one day for him to do not what Fleetwood did yesterday because nobody was going to do that but I would have taken what Cam Smith did yesterday and just a nice little 
two shots better than the field or something like that and go grab it from somebody. And it just hasn't happened for him lately since he did did it the last time nine years ago. And yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. I, I would love to tell you it's not, but man, it, it is. Yeah, I, I, I really, it's the opposite of Tiger right now when I'm watching him mm-hmm. in a major. He's standing over a putt and I legitimately have zero belief that it's going to go in the hole. Like I just, I've never... You know, like he had got close and I was like, oh, he's going to surprise me here. But I just I didn't believe any of these putts were going in. And it, like he's just not clutch in these majors. And you can't say he's not clutch because like we'll think about the playoff he had during the FedEx Cup playoffs mm-hmm. last last year with Scotty Scheffler, where he outduels him, hits that long, massive putt to take the lead. Like he is clutch in situations that are non-majors. But unfortunately, the thing that everyone remembers you for in the in the game of golf, especially when you're at the level of Rory McIlroy, is your major to, is your major major totals, and we all know how important number five is. We just saw it with Brooks Kepka when he won the PGA Championship. That you know you saw the list of guys that have five majors, and that's the echelon. That's the upper tier of golfers of all timers. And four is impressive. Don't get me wrong, but like to get to five is another level. And it just feels like every single time he's in the mix, the number one guy who's feeling it is Rory. And there's no way you can't tell me this is all between the ears. It's a between the ears situation. And he drove the ball beautifully all week. He really did. But the putter just stopped working the last two rounds. Like his strokes gained putting just progressively got worse. And I think he was plus two something on on Thursday and minus two something on, on Sunday. It's just... The clutch situations, it completely goes away. And I feel for him because you could tell he really, really, really wants this. He really does. But I just have a hard time believing like that he's going to be able to get over those demons. Like It's going to have to be one of these ones, I think we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. where he goes out and laps everybody. Like He's just on fire. And there's no – where it's like, you know, like his first one. When he win his first one, why? Eight strokes? Yeah, congressional. That situation where he goes out there and he shoots 65, 64 Thursday, Friday, and he just has to shoot par on the last couple rounds to kind of just stay within it. I don't think he's going to be in a duel where he's able to stick with it like that. I think the other the other interesting thing about him and kind of where he's at is and this feels weird to say about a guy who I think is in an awesome place with his game right now. Just finished second at, at a major. But I think he's kind of stuck between two modes of himself right now. When you talk about the best versions of Rory we've seen, it was him at congressional lap in the field. It was him at, I think Valhalla when he's just driving the ball down, literally down Phil Mickelson's throat. He's saying, hold up, hold up. No, Rory's like, I got a major to win. I'm finishing this thing. We're not coming back tomorrow. That is the best version of himself. Assertive, aggressive, taking dangerous lines. I think when I think of Rory and I close my eyes, of course we all think of the driver, but this guy with a, with a, with some type of fairway metal in his hand is dangerous and he's always taking uber aggressive lines look what he did all week he just played it super safe to the center of greens hit every single one it was two putt city until it wasn't when he needed it to be and that is not the best version of Rory McIlroy now he's so talented that not playing the best version of his golf still allows him to do this but at his absolute peak of his powers he's not playing it safe he is attacking pins left right and center and look I know it's a U.S. Open there's Sunday pins you can't always be doing that but when you just mm-hmm. nail the green and regulation stats there he 
he hit pretty much every one for the last three rounds of the tournament. And the fact that it still wasn't enough, he was giving himself so many long putts. Yeah, they were looks, but they were really, really long distance looks. And I think that that's the, that's the interesting thing to kind of watch with Rory is does he stick with this more, and it's never conservative golf when it's Rory McIlroy. He's going for everything in two. He's bombing at 340. But it's a conservative version of Rory McIlroy golf. And that's not who he's been when he's been at his best. And I'm not just talking about majors. Even at the Tour Championship, he's taking uber-aggressive lines. He's attacking, attacking, attacking. And that wasn't his MO this weekend. He needs a moment. Like, you just think of him needing a moment. Like, we talk about him at the Masters where he holes out. What was that? 2021 two, two years ago yeah 2021 where that got him into solo third i think like you think of that as a moment but like you think of him like yesterday he just needed two of those bombs to to hit mm-hmm. and it's like well not even two one he's in a one. playoff yeah two he wins the thing but you just think of what the how many times would be replayed and the the you know Oh my God, the pomp and circumstance of him finally getting over the top. Like you can just picture what it would be like if one goes in and he just can't get it to go. And it's, you know, we'll talk the two straight, the last majors he's been in contention with. This is exactly what happened. And I will say, I think the open was worse. I I really do. Like, I think the open, he had way more looks and I thought that there was a way more easy course than today was Mm -hmm. or yesterday was sorry. Like, I really do think that that, that plays into it. But I mean, Cam Smith just went out there and absolutely ripped it from his, from his paws. I, I don't think that it's as bad as that was yesterday. Like, uh, I don't think that the open was as bad as yesterday or the other way around. Sorry, but man, he's got a lot of thinking to do. And I, I think, you know, he's just looks at who wins that he looks at what happens to everybody else. Like it was an absolute pillow fight yesterday. And if he just jumps up and grabs it, it was one that'll really stick with them. Like, at least he can look at with Cam Smith and be like, a guy went nuclear and stole it from me. That didn't happen yesterday. Nobody went nuclear other than, you know, Tommy Fleetwood. And I don't think Minwoo Lee played well, too. Like, it just it doesn't it doesn't really happen like that. Good, good for Minwoo Lee. This is the second time this year he's popped his head up in a major, and I've gone, eh, good, good for you. But you're, you're, you're right, man. I'd love to sit here and tell you, no, I feel differently about it. How can you not say it's not all between the years? And I think that even you're agreeing with me that if one does go in, maybe it changes everything, everything. right? Maybe it changes so much. But until we actually see it drop, until we actually see it happen, it just feels so, so hard uh, to trust. He, he like. Yeah, he could win seven majors if one of those putts drops in. That's the crazy thing. Like, I really do feel that, like, he said it. He said it before, and it's so accurate that he's trying to win his first one again. Like, it really does feel like that, and feels like he gets over the hump here with one of these majors, and he's been in in contention at two here now. He just, they're not gonna get like he's not old by any stretch of the imagination. But there's only four of these a year, and mm-hmm. there's a ton of great golfers. And you have to take advantage of these. And if he takes advantage, that weight is off his shoulder. Finally, he gets it done. He gets to number five. And there's so much less pressure on him going into the Open. There's so much less pressure going, ah, there'll never not be pressure on him at the Masters. There's always going to be that pressure. But I really do feel like the other three, there's so much weight lifted off his shoulder. So, yeah, it's it's a tough one for your boy Rory. Like it, he's really really going full Rory right now at majors. Like it it doesn't get much more typical than this right now. Playing great but still having us talk for 15 minutes about how he didn't get it done. 
yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. I'd love to tell you differently. Uh, he even got the awesome break yesterday. His golf, so, man, these these rules can, will never not be confusing to me. Can I? I was. Yeah. I, I'll go full. I'll go open book here. Yeah. I was watching on my phone at the Argos game, yeah. which you know I'm a de- dedicated golf guy, but I'm also an Argos guy. Uh, I was at the East Final last year when they went when they beat the Alouettes to go to the Great Cup. Sam McKee loves the Argos more than golf. You heard had it to go ha- had to go to the Banner Night. wasn't gonna miss that. Had it planned all winter, so it wasn't gonna pr- beautiful night at BMO. And God love technology. I'm just sitting there grinding on my phone, watching the game. Beautiful night. Oh yeah, grinding. Yeah. 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 I was. <laughs> I was watching the. I was watching the game on my phone. And I was catching chirps. There's a kid in her section. It's like, what are you watching? And I was like, oh, God, I can't show them watching go. Anyways, um, what happened with so, that ruling? So his ball. Pl- OK, so also cards on the table. Uh, it was my kid's bath time. So okay. I was running upstairs to help out with that. And then my wife ran downstairs and she's like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Rory's like sticking his finger in the grass. You got to go down there and see what's oh going on. So God. I go down and you he he did say. Can I can I stick my finger in there? Golf rules will never not be weird to me. So basically, it was a plugged lie, and he was able to get a drop because of the the um. I'm trying to McElroy. Well, I mean, look, because it's golf. Okay, we can sit here. I complain about this stuff all they the time. They give that drop um, to Bryson. Yes, they are because he no just way. Uh, no. Here's here's what happens that if they don't give it to Bryson. He, we have actually seen this exact movie before where he just goes, yeah, okay, give me somebody else. You're not giving me the answer I want. Get another guy in here, and I'll yell at him, and then they shake his hand and say, oh, you're so classy, sir. So the, these it, it pissed me off last week in the playoff with Fleetwood that he's getting a free drop from a grandstand that's been there for two months. Yeah. The rules of golf will never not be weird on this it's one. A little, I, I thought ball don't lie there. like For sure. I, you know, like you, Man, you, you I, smash it into the side bank of a bunker and get a free drop. And, and like the number one thing that everybody said about this course is don't go in the bunkers. Yeah. Corey Connors would like a word. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Like, you know, I, I just, I really do feel like he got that ruling because he's Rory and it, he I, was in contention. I, I know you do, but I'm going to tell you that Bryce had also gets that rule. There's maybe one man who doesn't. And it's Reed. because, yeah, that's the only guy. Yeah, They're like, yeah. we got to take a hard, hard stance here. So yeah. golf. Okay. But you're right. There's definitely a ball. Don't lie element there. He shouldn't have got the drop. Like he, Again, I want to be clear. He should because the rules of golf don't make any sense, but he should not, according to all comment. Let me mm. put it this way. We hold these guys to a way higher standard than we hold each other to. And, you know, you and I don't play matches because I don't hate myself that much. But if we were in a match and I'm like, well, I hit it here and it plugged. So obviously mm-hmm. free drop. No, we would not be doing that. So the fact that you and I are holding ourselves to higher standards than this, ridiculous. Yes. But definitely, definitely a ball, don't don't lie element there. So are you feeling, how are you feeling on him heading into into the last major of the year? We'll talk about the rest of this tournament here, but just know. wrapping up on Rory. Do you have any any feel one way or another? You think he'll be around but not get it done? What? I don't know. I, I really don't feel like he'll get it done. Like I, I, I have a hard time after watching yesterday that he's going to get it done. And maybe I, he'll surprise me, but... It just feels like he's the anti-clutch right now. He is the opposite of clutch. He, I don't know, who's the least clutch player of all time? It feels like there's a lot of guys across a lot of sports. But, like, you know, I think of Vince Carter bricking that shot against the against the Sixers. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say, but it's just he's not clutch. And I don't believe in him at all until he gets it done. So, no belief. Maybe think- in the mix. Play well enough, but, like, put, put him in the same situation on Sunday. Don't like it. 
I think he's going to be right there. He's going to have a puncher's chance. And I genuinely believe one of them is going to drop. He is far, far too talented. Putting is far too. God. Stockholm like, syndrome, Gunner. No, you you Stockholm, gotta... <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. He's the, he's the only guy in the world other than Tiger who's had the number one ranking as long as he has. He just beat the brakes off Scotty Scheffler at the Tours Championship yeah, great. last yeah. year. All that. like This is what t- everyone looks back on when the, at the end of their careers is their amount of Tour Championships. Oh, that's you're, what everyone talks buddy, about. Buddy, you're a live guy. You should be saying that's the most important one. It's the one they give all the money, yeah. or the money it's for. It's all so live you, now, Gunner. It's all live now. The most important one. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later because I'm it's very all live now, baby. <laughs> I am so curious what's gonna happen uh with, with that. All right. Uh you good on Rory? You wanna bash him a little more? You got anything no, else on him? No, I just you know, I do feel for him and his fans. It's gotta suck. Okay. Uh Wyndham Clark, we should probably give him a little do, or do you want to yeah. talk about the other the other uh thirty something idol that that no, uh, I, choked I, it away? We should probably I'm, talk about the winner. I thought Wyndham Clark was awesome, and I thought Agreed. I thought the way he struck struck the ball all week was really impressive, and I thought his putting, like you said, was excellent. There's just a lot of things that really impressed me about his game. He's been in the mix a lot this year. He's had a good year. He obviously mm-hmm. had the win, but like he's been in the mix, and I don't think this is necessarily the start of something, but like I do think that he's a legit guy. Under obviously, he just won the United States Open. It's a mm-hmm. stupid thing to sit here and say like now that he's, but. I followed him a bit. Shout out my boy Jeff. He's a diehard Oregon Ducks fan, so he's always following Wyndham Clark. Uh, I'm aware of Wyndham Clark because he's always posting about <laughs> Wyndham Clark. I always keep an eye on him because of that. And he's been in the mix a lot this year. He can drive the ball. He's That fairway finder, that shaper that he had, just an absolute beautiful stroke. Um, and the putt that he made on 18 to give himself a tap in to win the U.S. Open. The club spin Ooh. on Saturday, bud. Be right, baby, with the most ferocious tornado club spin. And then, like, to not only do that, but have it almost go in the hole. Like, it mm-hmm. was like, what was that, a foot from dunking? Yeah. He was really impressive. And, yeah, I was really happy for him. The guy was great. The, the story with his mom, guy bawling his eyes out. Great celebration after he wins it. Double fist pump straight to bawling with his caddy. Like, a guy, it mattered a lot to him. And I'm happy for him. It deserved it. Impressive. Do you know how good of a story it has to be for a guy to beat Rory McIlroy by one shot at a major and me yeah. to be like, good, good for him. That was, that was awesome. How could you not feel great about watching him? As you said, the club spin, I don't know if you heard this. He got asked about it in the post round. No, afterwards. What he He's like, I am not generally a club spinner, but, and Hey, this is a thing all golfers can relate yeah. to. He had the number. He just like, it was the number hit it. Perfect. The club knew exactly what it was. He said, I knew it'd be somewhere around the hole. So it's just how good we, and again, you can never relate to these guys. We all can relate to that. The number's different for everybody. Okay. But we all have a number that we just love. One thirty-five gap wedge. If I hit it perfect. Talk dirty to me, baby. I'm going to be hitting a sweet one. I'm going to be spinning that, baby. Yeah, 122 is a number I really, really <laughs> like. Uh, so, yeah, I you you know exactly what that feels like. Awesome to see him. The, the, the ball striking was really, really nice. He also looks like every stock golfer that you will no. just see at a course. He looks like Jared No, no, no. I don't, mean, I don't mean in face. I just mean, like, the curved Titleist hat. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. any sponsors on it yeah. anywhere. He just, like, wearing a color shirt. I didn't see any sponsors. I'm sure that'll all change now. Good for him oh, yeah. to get that money. But he just looks not... not 
face-wise, but just attire-wise, like every guy you see out there, uh, to have a guy who, again, like you said, he's been in the mix. He has some pedigree. It's not coming out of absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. We don't get these that often anymore. You know, Woodland is a guy who will kind of stand out. Obviously, the Danny Willett Masters feels completely different than than mm-hmm. all of that. But it's just not something we really see in the sport. And you're right. I don't think it's going to be the start of something. But we always, and, you know, this is kind of what we talked about last week with Taylor, is that it could just be the pinnacle. Like, I'm not pouring dirt on him. I'm not saying he could never win again. He probably won't win another major, but maybe he does. But this is just going to be the best year of this guy's life. He's almost certainly now going to be in the mix, if not on the Ryder Cup team after winning a major, showing the stones like that. And just to have a guy kind of reach the culmination And it's funny, it ties into the Rory conversation, right? Where Rory's won four majors and we sit here and talk about him like he's a failure. And look, he has been for the last 10 years because you want to, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. But with a guy like Wyndham Clark, you could just be happy for him in this moment. And it doesn't have to be the start of anything. It doesn't have to be the beginning of some ride. It very well may be, but this could also just be the best day of his life. And getting to watch a guy do that was, was incredible. It was remarkable. So did you, uh, I saw somewhere that it's been, it's five first time major winners in a row at the mm-hmm. U.S. Open, yep. which I think is pretty interesting. I, I, I think that just speaks to where the PGA Tour is at right now. Like Woodland, DeChambeau, Rom, Fitzpatrick, and now Wyndham Clark. I think it's a pretty, you know, those are, I know you'll quibble with, uh, with Bryson, but I think, you know, you know, when he won, he was a super stud. He's yeah. not anymore. But when he won, he was yeah. one for sure. So I think I just think that this is a very good commentary on where the game of golf is at. And just all these guys who are playing so well and so impressive. So, uh, yeah, five times in a row. First time major winner at the U.S. Open. Good job, guys. Where they're going next year? Let me uh, let me quickly look that up because yeah, I, I I love the idea of that and the and they all feel a little bit different, right? Gary Woodland and Wyndham Clark, I think they're kind of more linked together than than not. I think I actually think it could be a very similar parallel. Yeah, you know? a guy who's really respected by all his peers, good has- player. Good game. There is no quibble with him. I'm sure Woodland's been on a President's Cup team, if if not a Ryder Cup team. But yeah, just a very, very good uh, par- parallel there. Uh, in terms of Fowler, should probably talk about him for for half a second here. I, I don't have a ton. No, I I I, I don't want to da- I don't want to dance on the grave. I, five years ago, I would have been I would have been throwing a hoot nanny yeah. on this grave, just dancing, pouring liquor, everything. Yeah. But this time, I did feel a little bad for the guy. And uh, just quickly, Pinehurst next year. I should oh, nice. Nice. Pinehurst Martin Keimer won there last time. I don't think he'll repeat. I do not think he'll be repeating there either. I I just feel bad for Ricky. I really do. Like, I thought it was a pretty great indication of how much he was feeling the pressure when he gacked that putt on mm-hmm. 18 on Saturday to give himself, like, well, he was at 11 under, right? He yep. was, And then he got to 10 with that. I just really felt little weird about it after I saw that putt and I, this was probably his best chance he's going to get for sure. Like, is it, is that harsh? Like, I no. really don't, I really don't feel like he's going to get a better chance than the one he just had. And you could see, like, I want to say that you could see how bad he wanted it, but like, could you like, was he showing any emotion? Like, why don't you mix in one fist pump on the Saturday when you're in the lead? Like, that long bomb goes in and he barely barely reacts to it. I guess the crowd barely react to it because it was like a college tournament around that green. There was no one was there. I just 
I don't know, man. I think this is. I think it was a perfect weekend for Ricky. That just encapsulate encapsulates him. Yeah. This is what he is, right? It, it was. There's no way he's ever getting an, another look at this. I mean, it's golf. Anything can happen, but no chance he is going to have a time where he is in contention is this much. I'll give him a pass on the lack of emotion on Saturday because I think that was a guy who's probably honestly trying to convince himself that the moment wasn't happening and like just mm-hmm. keep playing golf don't think about it yeah. don't think about it now i don't know if you saw this as well there was the one moment where i think it was on saturday or maybe it was friday and the mm-hmm. fan said to him oh what are you doing with the terrible when he hit a terrible putt and he looked at him and kind of shrugged his arms <laughs> i'm leading the u.s open it's like he's try. it just felt like he was trying to keep it loose trying to not have that and what you're saying like, is he's Joe Thornton in that meeting where he's like, yeah. what are you talking about? We're in first place. Oh, this is great. Yeah, no problems here. And then, you know, I know that this is what the game of golf is built on is the sportsmanship and treating your playing partner with respect and all of that. And it's all wonderful. But don't look so happy for Wyndham Clark. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the two of them standing there chatting. It, he looks like it was Father's Day for Ricky and he was mm-hmm. Wyndham Clark's dad. He looked so proud of him and i'm sure that's why everybody loves him and i'm sure that's why he was in with the whole speed and jt crew and it's all great but i'm also sure that that's why he has as few wins as he does and he's never sniffed it in a major until this time i'm sorry man you got to be more broken up by it you do you just have to be especially especially when in his heart of hearts whether he was able to admit it to himself last night or this weekend or now or whatever he knows that's the best chance he's getting he yep. knows it's never going to look that good again so i i feel awful for him i would have loved to have had him in the mix it would have been a great kind of showdown there that we never it just really happened got. fast it happened it, so fast he yeah. bogeyed one then he hits a bad tee shot on yeah. two over done yeah. no chance he was going to be in the mix uh so yeah okay he wasn't come- le- he wasn't leaking oil he like the he was an oil spill yeah like just, immediately just, just yeah, out. yeah that that was exactly what you saw uh there just a couple other quick hitters cam smith really nice round yesterday like great bodes well for him uh yeah. you know we don't need to do the whole live thing again but if that guy's going to be the cam smith he was at the uh at the Boy, open he last year rock. he God, can beautiful he can. putting stroke Best putter in the world. I think yeah. we've all we've all yeah, uh, said it for a long time. Short game's awesome. He's long enough to compete. The yeah. fact that he is finding his form and he's been lost honestly since since Live. leaving last year. So really nice to see him in the mix. Uh, Scheffler, bit of a disappointing day uh, for him. You know how God, feel? he can't putt. No, no, not at all. The like he legitimately like terrible. I don't, I like I can't believe I'm saying that about him. But like, how many putts yesterday did he like short ones? He missed he them made, by like five feet. So on this Saturday to finish, he makes the long bomb on 18. That putt was 22 feet and whatever yeah. inches. That was more feet of putts than he made on the entire front nine. Wow. Yeah. Just So just to show you how unable he was to get anything of length to go. And guess who that sounds a lot like? Rory McIlroy. He made like an eight footer on 16 or 15 yesterday. And they're like, that's the longest putt of the day. That can't be the longest part of the day at uh, the final round of a major. You generally speak and need need one kind of special one to go in or have a hole out or or something uh, like like that. Did you have anything on on the course? Yeah, I, I, I had a, I'm a, I, I had a couple things. I'll let you start and then I'll I'll go after. Go ahead. I thought it was kind of everything that's wrong with golf in terms of the way. Yep. The course was, you know, I thought it was a good looking course on TV. Looked awesome. I didn't think it was spectacular by any stretch. Like 
there was some times where I was like, oh, look at those size skyscrapers kind of looking like Lakeview out there. Like, I didn't think it was like <laughs> breathtaking, but I'm sure it's a really cool course to play. And like, it's a, it's historic and it's well-designed. And that number six, I really loved. I love the short little par three. I love that that 14th was an incredibly hard par five that like you expect a bar, you expect on the back nine of a, of a major on a Sunday that your par five is going to be your respite. That's going to be your spot that you're going to get a, get a stroke back. And it was playing really hard, so I respected that. But I have you done any reading on LACC? Yeah, I'm I'm aware of the uh, the initiation fees and how super strict it is. Uh, my understanding is there is no phones on the property, which is whatever. That's that's mm-hmm. pretty par for the course. The members not allowed to wear shorts, so they had to break club policy to allow the players to wear shorts in the pro-am. And then just in terms of the, I saw a number floating around yesterday of what the actual land was worth. Here, I got it in front of me. Okay, perfect, perfect, because it is staggering. So so I just do a bit of reading here. Bear with me. Yeah. This is, who tweeted this out? Uh, Joe Pompolano. Really good job on his name. I'm sure you crushed it, yeah. 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 the 320-acre piece of land smith smack dab in the middle of Beverly Hills between the famous roads of Sunset Boulevard, Wilshire Boulevard, and Santa Monica Boulevard. The land alone is reportedly worth $8 billion, <laughs> making it the second most valuable piece of real estate not developed for housing behind Central Park in New York City. But here's the craziest part. An $8 billion assessed land value would typically mean hundreds of millions of property taxes alone. But LACC only pays $220,000 in annual taxes. This is because of two rules. LACC is owned by its members and registered as a nonprofit. So they have benefited when California voters passed a ballot in 1960 that lowered the vote, uh, that lowered the value at which officials were allowed to assess as nonprofit golf courses. Then in 1978, voters uh, passed Proposition 13. This new law rolled back the assessed land value to its 1975 level (laughs) and more or less froze that in time. So they they paid $220,000 in taxes, an annual property tax saving of $80 million, Gunner. That is remarkable. The initiation fee at that place is $250,000, okay? $250K. They are charging one member to join, which I'm sure, you know, I highly doubt the books are open. I don't think you're getting in there. Yeah. But should somebody sneak through, they pay more to join the club than that club does in annual property taxes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if you want some more on this, I, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's got an excellent podcast. He does a bunch of different stuff on it. But uh, he's got one particularly on McDonald's fries. That's just one of the greatest podcasts ever made. I don't know if you've ever listened to that, Gunner, but it's incredible. But if you want to go, he does a, I think it's called a good walk spoiled, or I forget what the name of the podcast is, but he does a whole thing talking about how like basically about like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, Central Park is a place where millions of people enjoy it every day. And don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Like, I don't want to like develop on Valley Park. It's not like, like Jennifer Key's mad. I know, I know. But that is absurd. That what I read to you is absurd. And I love golf. I love golf courses within the city. I like them to be accessible. Yes. But that is the least accessible place on earth. So listen to Malcolm Gladwell, a good walk spoiled on it if you want more information. But yeah, I I didn't like that aspect of how exclusive it was. And like 
the members buying okay, up. Okay, so I have that. Does this happen? Did this I, happen? Yeah, so I have the – this is Daniel Rappaport, you know, yeah. reputable journalist. Oh, yeah. He's on full yeah. swing, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So details on the LACC tickets. 23000 for sale to the general public. This is all per day. But mm-hmm. 14000 of those were for hospitality. Uh, those are very expensive. Obviously, that's like, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. That is not for the every everyday. So that's now. like for around the greens at like – Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. Okay. Uh, in the in the tents, in the suites, yeah, yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Only nine thousand general admission tickets were sold per day, and thousands of those were also bought up by LACC members. So you were really looking at just maybe five, six thousand people on the ground per day that are well, I won't say you and I, because you know we're accredited media members. Oh, yes. The ropes. But like all of you listening. There were only five to six thousand people there of just general admission fans. How of honestly of all the majors, how is this the one where that's the case? Uh, the open obviously is also a super public thing. It, yeah, the, it's the, called the, it's literally called open. Yeah, because that's anybody the whole point. Can qualify. It. It's ridiculous. And that to me, course aside, even if I would have given this a eleven out of ten, which I didn't. I thought it was yeah. a solid course. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But that alone is a disqualifying factor for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. You could never go back. Never again. Yeah. Let those guys and gals enjoy their court. I shouldn't say gals. I don't even know if they allow women members. We've had this issue before. <laughs> yeah. I should probably double check before I say that. Yeah. But they can never go back there. It's not a, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Agreed. And you would need, well, I probably shouldn't say that in uh, near Brentwood Country Club or OJ is going to come, come a call in here. But the, the thing you look at with this is you want crowds. You want a jacked up atmosphere. That is the thing you get in majors that you don't get on a regular week, RBC Canadian Open aside. And to lose that feel, it took so much away. The fact that Wyndham Clark was an awesome story, great. Imagine how much better it would have felt if there were 10,000 people standing around the green or, or whatever you normally no. see. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And like as a TV product, I haven't been to either of these courses clearly, but Riviera on TV is 10 times more enjoyable to watch than that. Wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. For like, sure. I much prefer Riviera, which is apparently their blood rival. Um, oh, love yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Well, the same guy designed both. Okay. New idea. If we want to see that course on TV, uh, I, you know, this like famous member guest, they have it like Seminole Golf Club every year. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. a who's who of the golf world. Yeah. Go do that. Uh, have it match style of uh, RIV members versus uh, LACC members. Uh, that's <laughs> oh, what I would talking. like to see. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just, it didn't, I liked, I mean, I did like the the 14th where you could hear the monkeys from the Playboy Mansion. Very I cool. thought that was cool. I liked like there was guys playing house beats on the hole. Was it hole number five? <laughs> Rory trying to silence and them. <laughs> the, the best, the best question I have for that was like, what do you think? Do you think they knew there was a golf tournament? Like no chance. Was it Lionel Richie pumping like you know a little like Avicii or Calvin Harris out of his co- out of his house? No idea. There's a golf tournament going on. Like I really like to believe they had no idea. This isn't exactly uh, Islington when St. George's is hosting the Canadian Open. Well, the whole neighborhood is uh, super invested. I think it was probably much more of a oh that's happening thing. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Not a clue. They're like ah oh, why is this nerd in the fairway screaming at us? And it's like. <laughs> well, yeah. They leaned into it so much on the broadcast about how LA is this great sports town. It's like, are I, they? Are they? Want, I, this is, I've given you some crazy, this is just a sports take. This isn't a golf take. I've given you some nuts ones. I've given you the Santonio Holmes did not catch that football. Yeah, yeah. I've given you the Ovechkin goal against not the Yotes. Not actually that good. 
Uh, oh man, this is bad. I just lost where I was, no! where I was going with this. No, it was going to be LA so bad good. sports town. Oh, LA, LA is a terrible sports town, and there is no such thing as a good warm weather sports town. Florida, exactly Whoa. the same thing. If you you need a depressing winter where you got nothing better to do than rot with your basketball team or your hockey team or your NFL team. I'm sorry. There's a reason Padres fans are fair weather because if the team sucks, they just look up and go, Oh wow. I could do literally anything else with my life. You cannot be a great sports city or at least not as good as a, as a Northeast sports city. If you are a warm weather one. So I was dying at the idea of them. Oh, LA, a great sports town. Yeah. They love all their teams when they win and they love the Dodgers and Lakers regardless, but great sports town, take a hike. Well, and I mean, quickly before we go, I got just the broadcast in general, man, the commercials, this playing through is the worst thing that's happened to golf coverage because they just, they think they can do it. They're like the golf. Hey, Dumbo golf's still on. It's still on. (laughs) You can listen to this PXG commercial, have them screaming at you for 10 minutes, but it's, you can still watch it in a tiny box. I thought that the, the broadcast was somewhat brutal. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage our good. Uh, the good name of uh, Zinger. I thought he was particularly surly. He was I thought, tired. Yeah, man. It, like it felt like nine o'clock Eastern to him. It did. He was just like ah, oh, but he's like you know. I still think the the fairways are way too wide for a U.S. <laughs> Open. God, that's a terrible shot. I was like Jesus Zinger. Like I I love him when he's surly, but he was a little bit over the top. I would give the broadcast about a solid five, just way too many commercials. And I know they always are, but God, it just felt like it was way worse during this. So, and there was big moments they're doing playing through. I'm like, come on, man. Brutal. You've got to perfectly thread the needle. If you're going to play through, you know, we can do some playing through on Thursday and Friday when the who cares is is up. Right. But on the throws of a back nine and you're into it, I know they went the final hour commercial free. Great. What is the point? of all this piff money, if I'm going to continue to see this. There better not be no commercials. I understand that all the contracts have been baked in. And look, we know they're still going to show commercials on CBS and on NBC, of course. But that has always been the thing of, well, if you want to compete or you want to have the prize money, this this is the other side of it. Not any longer. If the piff money is there, there's no way we should have to rot through commercials the way we did. Even if you want to punish me on a week to week basis, but not at a major, it cannot be like that. So uh, yeah, I think that's uh that's as good a note as, as any to end on. Uh, you got anything else from the weekend, bud? Uh, yeah, go to Cabot and go to Cape Breton Highlands. Oh yeah. Oh, actually I did. Uh, yeah, you, uh, did you get to uh, father's day, you get to uh, see your dad. I know it's no, no, I just, a big golfing inspiration for you. We, we chatted on the, we had the most fathered, uh, son conversation on the phone. We grinded 10 minutes out there. We just, you know, thanks for the gift. Love you, bud. Bye. Okay. Like it was <laughs> talked about my trip out to the East coast. I saw some clips of you being a, being a dad potting, chipping. I loved it. So yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a, I went to the Argos game. My dad loves the Argos. He texts me. Thanks for the gift. And that was that. Love that. I think, We'll see. I think I'm seeing him in a couple weeks and we'll do some extended Father's Day stuff. But yeah, it's good. There we go. Awesome. Uh, Again, you can get this wherever you're listening to this right now because it's podcast only. Uh, We will be back on Saturday with the golf show uh, talking about the goings on in a regular golf tournament. Been a while since we've had one of those. Brent Gunning and Sam McKee. It's been the golf show here wherever you get your pods.